Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about medicalization. Now, medicalization is when something literally gets put into a medical context is medicalized for no, sometimes for no reason now doctors medics are particularly guilty of this i want to start with an everyday example say someone catches their foot on the side of a pavement trips over and has a fall and they're slightly injured so not seriously but they you know sprain their ankle and they've hurt their hand now that is something that happens on a daily basis it's happening somewhere right now in the world i can guarantee that but if you are a medic um you might be prone to medicalizing that and and part of the reason is that if that person decided they needed to seek medical attention for whatever reason just to get themselves checked over the person that they're reporting those symptoms to would then have to put that person's symptoms of the fall through a medical kind of framework so the lens is seen through a medical framework it, it, it almost in some ways once you mention something to a medical person they have to take some responsibility for it uh, i remember years ago there was uh, one of our reception team members rang upstairs and said oh i've got this lady booked in at half 11 for you um but she's just rung up and it's you know it was eight o'clock in the morning and she says that her headaches got a lot worse do you want to see her sooner than half 11 now, you know, a medic will think, well, if I say no and something terrible happens um, in between now and half 11, then I'm in, in big trouble. Uh, so this is part of certainly what's going on, I think, on the medical side of this coin of medicalizing things that happen to people, whether they're falls, headaches, um, whatever it is. And part of this overlaps with that concept of self-care as well. Now, one of the most famous names in the world of writing about medicalization is someone called Dr. Ivan Illich. And he wasn't a medical doctor. He was actually a doctor of philosophy, as in a PhD. In what particular subject, I don't know. He was a linguist and an educator and a philosopher, but was famous for writing about medicalization because he hated it. He was of the opinion that doctors just medicalized everything. And Unusually, most people are, are huge fans of the NHS, the National Health Service. And what Illich proposed was that the National Health Service, although it was set up to offer free health care, um, which would lead to hopefully a healthier society, he believed that the main beneficiary of 
you know, organisations like the NHS, was actually pharmaceutical companies. Not an uncommon view, but certainly not a mainstream view. Um, and beyond that, I think he really valued that folk model of medicine of people helping themselves and, and reclaiming power, if you like, in terms of their own healthcare, rather than this very medicalised, you know, particularly in the Western world, medicalised view of everything that happens to us from birth to death, you know, is anything not medicalised? He also went one step further and really, you know, in, in the number of works that he published, so one was called Medical Nemesis, um, he talks quite a lot about the harms of medicine and how that would only increase as time went on. And a lot of what he actually wrote and said has come true. So I want to bring this to the real world. And as always, I, I sort of start with, I guess, where I'm at, the kind of work that I do. And certainly in primary care in the UK now, a lot of things are carved out from general practice and handed to someone else. Mental health is one of them, uh, certainly where I work. Uh, physiotherapy is another one. And to some extent, the pharmacist. Certainly in the community, they do minor illness and in practice, medication reviews and more. And I'm afraid to say from my perspective, that in a way has led to a little bit more medicalization. Now, anyone who's been depressed will tell you it's nothing like just feeling a little bit sad. But there is a point at which the normal emotion of feeling sad, which would happen if you are, for example, bereaved, or if you are feeling some sort of loss, it's a normal human emotion. At what point, who says at what point that becomes medicalised into something that is not a normal human emotion? Of course, there are definitions for these things. I'm not talking about that. But whose definitions? And why those definitions? Because what's happening at the moment is that anything that is vaguely um, related to mental health or perhaps even physical health for the physiotherapist um, will get will get offered some sort of help, whether that's, you know, something online or a phone call with a practitioner which is great because access is important, but is that stopping us from looking after ourselves more? That's the $64,000 question. I watched a documentary not that long ago on David Beckham. It's on Netflix, and his kind of best friend, in inverted commas, Gary Neville, uh, talks at one point about these very tough times which... I remember very well, so I'm a little bit older than David Beckham, so I've kind of grown up with him in many ways. And at one point, he was hated, and that's not too strong a word, he was hated by most of the British public. And Gary Neville said something really interesting. He said, oh, you know, it was awful for him. You know, most other footballers would have just, I don't know what they would have done, they would have just caved in um, and just hidden away because there was no mental health at the time. It was just an interesting comment. And as soon as he said that, I cast my mind back to the, you know, early to mid-90s, which is the period that he was talking about. And I thought, actually, you know what? There, there was mental health. It was just delivered slightly differently. It was easier to see a psychiatrist, rightly or wrongly, again, is that over-medicalisation? And the need appeared to be much less. 
Have we over-medicalised mental health? I'm not saying we have. It's just something that is... The question is worth asking, I think. Clearly, there's a huge need for it, and we've lived through exceptional times since then. COVID, you name it, so much has happened in the world. Another thing that strikes me is is that there is a time for medicalization. So occasionally I've seen patients, and, and several stick in my mind over the last 25 years. Um, one is a chap who um, had edema, which is sort of swelling and puffiness and fluid collection in one leg and a lot of weight loss for several months and was just putting a bandage around his leg and didn't know why he was losing weight. And by the time he'd been brought in by a relative, it was obvious he was cachectic and probably dying of some sort of hidden cancer, but had done exactly the opposite in terms of his lay referral mechanisms, which is how, as human beings, we decide whether something needs medical attention or not. And had just got on with stuff, almost turned a blind eye to the fact he'd been losing so much weight and this leg had swollen up. And needless to say, he had lung cancer and was dead within a few months. Another one, you know, years ago, I went on a home visit to see a lady who um, lived on her own, had carers, a carer 24 hours a day, but just wasn't feeling well and, and, and had developed a fever. And it turned out actually had a, you know, a very obvious breast tumour that had just been left and, you know, was now at the point where it had sort of broken through the skin and she was just sort of sticking dressings on it and had just not taken any action. And I remember at the time thinking, oh my God, why, why didn't you tell someone about this, you know, and do the carers know, you know, did you know about this? And all of that stuff, but actually she had she had known deep down that it probably was a cancer and didn't want anything doing about it. You know, when you're nearly 100 years old, I guess that's within your right. And the only reason I had been called out is that she didn't feel well because she had this fever, which was because of an abscess which was coming from that breast. And it's it's really interesting now because I think... Now, in 2023, if that were to happen, there's a real, you know, we, we, we live in this um, era of heightened awareness, you know, safeguarding and really thinking about people's rights and responsibilities. And I just, I don't think that would happen now. It just wouldn't have even got to that point. I think for myself, um, when I think of the last, I don't know, 20 odd years and things that I have been told are good practice that we're meant to do. For example, using the PHQ-9 questionnaire to screen for depression. It was, and still is to a much lesser extent, part of what we do in UK general practice. But the problem with it is you know, it's pretty good at picking up people with major depression, but a lot of people that aren't really that depressed at all will still score as mild depression on it. And and this is to do with sensitivity and specificity, which are statistical terms about, you know, uh, making an appropriate diagnosis and false positives and false negatives. And And when you look at the origins of where PHQ-9 came from, its origins go back to a pharmaceutical company 
and actually someone who worked in marketing. I'll post a link to this because it's an interesting story. But it's not to say that it doesn't have any validity. It's just conflicts of interest are important. You know, sometimes I think we can, you know, make too much of a, a meal of them. But it did slightly annoy me. And I think although it's it's great to have scales and scoring tools in medicine to help clinicians, sometimes you've just got to go with what you see and your gut feel and someone's story. And don't forget, people lie. I, I've had this happen to me before, where someone has said that they're fine, they're not depressed, and then, lo and behold, they take an overdose. And one of the, the phrases that sticks in my mind about PHQ-9 in the article that I'm going to post in the show notes is that it's a quick and dirty tool. And I think that's right. If you're going to use a scoring tool for someone all the time, then what's the point in even having them speak to a practitioner? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's my verdict and view? Well, look, you know, I'm a patient as well as a doctor and I can name so many conditions that have been medicalized in living memory. Depression is definitely one of them. Mild depression, that is. ADHD is another one that springs to mind. Sleep issues, menopause. Menopause, absolutely huge. Um, has always been a normal part of the aging process for women. But in terms of how it's become medicalized, but I think in a positive way, actually, is great because it has 
changed people's lives, being able to access HRT more widely. And the fact that the awareness of that has grown is great, I think, personally. I think my sort of final thoughts really are that if you create a need, if you label a set of symptoms and give it a name or come up with a new condition, there will always be a market for coming up with a cure, in inverted commas. Create a need and fulfil that need. But were it not for that sort of model, I'm, you know, I personally think at the very sharp end, at the cutting edge of therapies, where whether it's you know CAR T therapy or monoclonal antibodies, some of the technology that we have now in drug development is truly testament to medicalization. I don't really think there can be massive argument with that. And the thing to think about, I think, is that spectrum going back to the person that trips over in the street, uh, when does that become medical? Well, some people would say, well, when that person decides it does, possibly. Others would say, well, when there's a serious injury, how do you deem whether it's serious? Use a rating scale or a scoring scale, I guess. But my own philosophy is medicalization is a great thing to dip in and dip out of when it works. And ultimately, it's about safety not getting bamboozled or hoodwinked or ripped off by someone who just wants your money for something that is unnecessary and making sure that you get help when you need it. I'm going to leave you with one of Ivan Illich's quotes. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but it really is quite thought-provoking. The medicalization of early diagnosis not only hampers and discourages preventative health care, but it also trains the patient-to-be to function in the meantime as an acolyte to his doctor. He learns to depend on the physician in sickness and in health. He turns into a lifelong patient. I'm just going to leave you with that thought. Whatever you think of it, I hope that was useful. Do have a look at the show notes. Have a listen to the other episodes if you haven't. There's all sorts on this series. I'm coming up to my 100th episode soon. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to think about what to do for that. It's It's a few weeks away. But in the meantime, do take care. Stay well. Look after yourselves. Bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.